You're listening to Unjiggered, a bartender podcast where we interview highly successful bartenders about their careers, lives, and the passion of bartending. This week we caught up with Giorgio Bajani, the head mixologist of the Connaught Bar in London. We talk about his humble start in Pisa, his romantic association between the 8th of August and the Connaught Bar, and of course, his martini secrets. With this podcast, we want to peel back the mask and discover just how the greats really became the greats. So sit back and enjoy. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Giorgio Bargiani, born and raised in a small town famous for a leaning tower in Italy called Pisa. And I'm currently working as a head mixologist at the Connaught Bar in London. Thank you very much for finding the time in uh, busy Singapore. Uh, how's the city been so far with you? Treating me extremely well. You're doing an Asia tour at the moment, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Actually, today is my last day of my Asia tour after being in uh, China, Philippines, and then here. And, you know, it's been extremely interesting, I would say. Yeah? You enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I- I've been to Singapore before, but I I found out that probably China and Philippines are much more Asia than Singapore and what I was expecting. How did you like the Philippines? Because I love the Philippines. The Philippines... They were probably the biggest surprise. I define the Filipinos as terrorists or murderer for <laughs> foreigners like me. No, they are so hospitable, incredibly hospitable. And they wanted to show me everything, uh, give me present and let me taste everything they produce in terms of uh, distilled spirit. Yeah, so it sounds like it was a pretty heavy... Yeah. <laughs> challenging, challenging. We say challenging. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about you. We are interested in uh, your hospitality sides. Uh, so when did you start working in hospitality? So for me, hospitality is a family business, family matter. Uh, I think my grandfather was already dealing with the restaurant and bars in the 60s and 70s. Um, currently, these days, my family has got two restaurants in my city where I started working probably, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago, you know, helping out during summer season and and maybe the weekend a few times. But my first, let's say, real job was in a nightclub. And I was working nightclub, and I've been working in nightclub for four or five years uh, between, again, Pisa, my city, and Forte de Marmi, which is a, a very popular place in the north part of Tuscany, where I'm from. That's a very cool part of the world, eh? Indeed, indeed. Uh, is it's very international. I've been, you know, like serving people from all around the world already while I was working there. But I felt like as much as I was enjoying a lot what I was doing in, in these nightclubs, one day, you know, I look at myself and I said, okay, where do I go? What do I do? Uh, in maybe 10 years, in maybe 15 years. At the time I was 24 years old, so, you know, like, you start looking at being an adult. So one day, I was lucky enough to have a, a dinner, a pizza, with the director of this nightclub, and I asked him help, saying, uh, Mr. Leone. Um, and Leone was his name. Leone was uh, the name of the strong director. Strong name. Yeah, very strong. Uh, Mr. Leone, well, I, I would love to, to progress. I would love to develop my... Uh, my career in those days, I'm talking about 2011, 12, uh, where the, the days were when social media were growing. 
were growing like very much and I was able to see videos and pictures and art, uh, reading articles on Facebook, YouTube and Instagram uh, about some Italian bartenders abroad. The first example I could make uh, for sure Simone Caporale mm. or Ago Perrone, which I'm very lucky to work with today. But there were even very good international bartenders such as Marian Becker and uh, Alex Cretena. So I was looking at them as true inspiration as they made it from Italy to the top bar of top hotel bar of London I could have at least tried okay but where do we start where do we move from you know a small city like Pisa to the jet set the you know the the, the main stage of the bartending world in London Leone again while we were having this pizza he told me I personally don't know this gentleman I haven't been to these parts and we're talking about again artisan bar connaught bar uh, american bar at the savoy but what i can see and what i know these bars are all in hotel five star luxury hotel that means according to my uh, hotel background leone was saying that means that before you learn how to work in a bar you need to learn how to work in a five star hotel so probably one or two days after he put me in touch with a gentleman that actually was his mentor his name is santo santa yosa who is the restaurant manager of the splendid hotel in portofino okay. and that where my hospitality career started like five-star hospitality how was working in portofino so portofino is a is a funny place uh, you have mainly international guests like I, i can say 90 because you know so small so exclusive so expensive as well the the main people we were serving breakfast lunch dinner and they were staying in in the rooms of the splendido were american russian french english or even asian but honestly speaking was my first experience and as much as as I was confident about my nightclub job while I arrived there I was like I don't have a clue I don't know even how to open a bottle of water almost you know everything I was doing before was wrong <laughs> so I was, I was running the whole day with a tray full of food or dirty glass dirty glasses and plates polishing silver china glassware cleaning the floor and you know i'm not the first one i'm sure many of our uh, friends today they share this big probably even you michael oh, yeah, share yeah. this background when when we started uh, in hotels but that motivates me a lot because funny enough from there santo sent me to to uk but not to london yet to a place called uh, Le Manoir Cazzeson, who is in the heart of the Oxfordshire. Okay. It is a um, two Michelin star French restaurant, where again, my position as in Portofino was coming waiter. So <laughs> polishing, the, cleaning, the, the, yeah, yeah. the basic of the basic. The fact is when I moved there, on top of it, I didn't know the job, I didn't know the language. And most of my colleagues were French. So 
I had to learn English from French people. But how did you cope with because it's already a lot, there's already a little pressure, right? Because you're yeah. moving and everything. How did you cope with like not speaking the language? Honestly speaking, I've been through a couple of months that I wanted to give up. I remember my first day. There they have a very strong training program where you you have someone shadowing you for six weeks. So I can assure you that it's something very stressful. You know, someone that look at whatever you do for 10, 11, 12 hours a day uh, and correct mostly everything you do. Um, and I remember my first day, I had these ladies, French lady, that sincerely, she gave me a lot, a lot, a lot of, let's say, hard time. <laughs> um, and... Really, when I left that day, I went to bed. I looked at the ceiling of my room and I said, no, probably it's not for me. Probably uh-huh. it's too much. Uh-huh. But, you know, sometimes you say, you know, like, whatever, I believe that whatever we don't do is just because we put an excuse between us and what we want to do. Wh- whatever we don't try, again, just saying I can't do it or, you know, they, they're not for me, the place is not for me, it's just us giving up. So... Mm-hmm. I gave it another chance, and funny enough, again, <laughs> in May, I brought this French lady to her husband during her wedding, and I made a speech for it. Really? Saying the way, telling everyone, everybody the way we met, and how our friendship is strong after six years, so, you know, like, was That's worth crazy, it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it wasn't easy, but after seven months, I came back to Portofino. So for the summer season. Indeed. Yeah. Portofino is only seasonal, so it, it's like eight months. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I came back. But, you know, after being a Michelin star restaurant, coming back in what was, what is a luxury Thailand restaurant, you know, it's kind of sort of boring, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like, I was feeling like I'm coming back and I'm, I'm, I'm stepping back. So I was planning already to go back to UK. I didn't know where yet. Suddenly, when when you think positively, something arrives. So it was the day of August. And, Michele, you know that summer season in August are, are not easy. No, they're not. not easy. Like, uh, it's Especially a, when you work in a seasonal place. 12 hours a day, yeah, yeah. no day off. Yeah, or, yeah, that, uh, that was the, the point. It's fun, though. Like You, you get to st- develop a strong bond with your team, which I've, I've never developed anywhere in, else. In the indeed, same way. indeed. So what happened was that that day I received a call from a guy uh, who used to work together in the nightclub for the month. And the guy called me, uh, George, how are you? How is Portofino? What are you planning to do this winter? No, he asked me a few questions, no? And at some point I asked him some questions. And what about you? How are you doing, you know? Are you still in London, right? I remember you were in London. Yes, yes, I'm in London, but I just changed job. I'm working now at the Connaught Hotel. Say, what? Connaught Hotel? <laughs> where, uh, where Agostino Perron is working, right? Yeah, yeah, Agostino uh, is, um, is uh, the director of mixologies here. And I met him, and just a few days ago, he told me that they're looking for a barbecue at the Connaught Bar. So, can I apply for it? No, I, I was like, why, why are you telling me that? No. No, no, I already talked about you with them and 
please send the CV so we can we can organize you know an interview and you can eventually you know come here and work uh, at the Connell Bar as a barbecue. You know, like you know, dream con- come true. You know, that was the stage. So it was unexpected. Like you got very called, much. and yeah. they, oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, <laughs> that's I'll, very cool. I won't, I won't, I will never be grateful enough with this guy. And again, incredible for me. The, the guy at the time was Comi Sommelier when he called me. So again, basic sommelier job. Today, Daniel Manetti, very good friend of mine now. So why? He's a director of wine on the corner. So, okay. you know, like progressed, we progress uh, even, okay. let's say, together. But my first answer when he said, okay, let's send the CV and organize interview was, okay, yeah, I'll come end of September when the summer season finish. They told me, but uh, they're looking now, they're not looking at end of September. So, you know, probably you might lose this train if, if you don't come, if you, if you don't um, try now. So, okay, okay. I can't miss it, so I went to my restaurant manager to Santo. Santo, I need to go to London for three days for an interview. That was the fifth of August. So, oh, man. Santo, look uh, at me. Um, where you wanna go? London? Doing what? Now, the only thing I can guarantee you is your day off and the late shift the day after. Okay. So what I did in in less than a day, I went to London. I did an interview, I did a trash shift, and I came back, you know. Whatever it was, for me, was already an extremely high accomplishment to have done a, a day at the Conor Bar together with Dago <laughs> and together. So, well, what, day, what year was this? What, what? what uh, year 2014. Was ah, 2014, okay. And the day of my interview trash shift was the 8th August 2014. I found out after that the Conor Bar opened its door the 8th of August, 2008. So six years after, you know, I was there. You know, coincident, be too Italian and too romantic, but it is what it is, no? And I don't want to say the rest is history, but more or less, you know, um, after uh, this, this interview, I did another one, beginning of September, same story, uh, in and out. And... Um, the 18th of September 2014, I started as a barbecue as a common bar. You know, my sound not so exciting as barbecue is no CEO or mm. MD or general manager, but what was what I wanted, and I got it in less than two years. So for me, it was, was kind of a good accomplishment. The fact was that when I arrived there, was like joining... Real Madrid and being the least of the least of the least, you know, they didn't hire me because they needed me in terms of skills and knowledge, just hire me because they needed someone to polish glasses and refill ice and cut through it and so on and so forth. So how do I leave my mark in that place? How mm-hmm. do I make it special even more for me? Because, you know, awards, they were there already. There was like uh, Ago, but there was like Rusty, the uh, one co- cocktail competition globally. And the whole team was very strong, you know. They were all working as, as, a, as a one, as a solo, you know. They were very much connected and uh, linked together. Let's say after one year, 
most of these strong team left almost at the same time. I was lucky enough to work behind the bar after already four months I was working there. So I did that pretty fast for what London is to get promoted and, and carry on. But at this stage, we lost a bar manager, assistant bar manager, Rusty that was uh, there for a while, Susanna, uh, his wife, very strong lady on the, on the floor. And even at the two bartenders left, they were in there for a while. So uh, at this stage, suddenly I was one of the oldest, one of the veterans. Uh-huh. And you know, like you have the, you always have the feeling that when some of the team left, something might go wrong or something might not be easy to, to, to maintain the standard uh-huh. that we had at of the course. time. Mm-hmm. But then suddenly the 2016 came and 2016 has been the, the year, at least for me, mm-hmm. you know, like I think we went through seven, eight awards and uh, we built a whole new team, you know, young, we, we were all very young without experience as well. But yeah, when then we, I'm, I'm not an arrogant person and I hope that doesn't go through, but when we won the World Best Bar, uh, for Tates of the Cockpit in 2016 was like everyone dreams to work in the world best of whatever he does or she does so that was big that was very big and from there uh, uh, Ago gave me a lot of trust and he still does today Ago Perrone mm-hmm. for the one they don't know him is a director of Mixology the Common Bar and um, I've been very lucky to travel around the world and share what we do at the Condor Bar and meet so many people that made me feel rich every day as I feel like the world is, is our community. The world, you know, look at us two today here, you know. Okay, we are both Italians, but we are in Singapore talking about... But yeah, it's crazy. And, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love our community for this specific yeah. reason, you know. It just brings people together from places that you wouldn't expect. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you have had the chance to see many different iterations of the Connaught as it is today. Yeah. Um, how would you say the Connaught itself? Because it's an institution at this stage, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how do you think it has evolved in the past, like, since you're there? Since you're there. So, I think that... The Connaught Bar has never been a trend. The Connaught Bar 11 years ago set a standard, set a style of bar that now is widely recognized around the world. Hotel bars with a certain vibe, hotel bars with uh, jazzy soul, mm. with creativity, with um, with proper, let's say, this word is overused these days, but with a strong hospitality mm-hmm. feeling. Um, what we always maintain is the vision, the heat or the Ago and the opening team set up 11 years ago. And when I talk about the opening team, the, the bar manager Santino, that now lives in Austria, is, is definitely a visionary. Uh, there was Ago, there was Eric Lawrence, mm-hmm. there was Ricardo, which sta- at the time was bartender, now is our bar manager. So through the year, what never changes is the way we do things. But what we changed lately, we, let's say, we made more us as, as main character of ourselves. It's, it's a bit of a 
confused uh, statement, but before when I joined, we used to look outside for everything. We used to look for inspiration coming from the other side of the world or from different fields or from uh, kitchen techniques. Yeah, These days, um, and they reflect a lot on our menus, as we've been doing quite good in the last few years, we take inspiration from what we did, from ourselves. So the goal every day is how will I be better than yesterday? How will always improve myself rather than look for something new to uh, to create something new? But And for instance, our, our new menu are really inspired by elements of the bar, physical elements of the bar. So the trolley, the bar counter, the two gates on the side. So yeah, that was, I think, is the main thing. And nothing wrong with that. No, I'm not saying in a critical way, but lately, we give much more uh, space and visibility to our um, uh, youngster, to our um, barbecue junior bartender. We want them to to really feel part of it. So, for instance, quite often when we travel, we bring them with us. So, we give them opportunity probably before they weren't given to to these uh, boys. Talk to us about your current menu. Yeah, what's the idea behind it, and uh, so the how menu did you go about making it. The menu is called the Vanguard. And Vanguard is a word that means like uh, the innovative people, the, the one they're looking forward. And the Vanguard is inspired, as I said, by something that is really in the bar. So there is a section inspired by the counter of the bar. There is a section inspired by the two gates, which are on the side. And this year we wanted to glorify the Conant Martini, the Martini we do on the trolley, because after 11 years, it's still our bestseller, and it is the drink which is our, you know, now most recognized drink, most famous drink. And that doesn't, doesn't, the time doesn't affect it, you know, like, it's not the latest, you know, cocktail technique, it's not the latest mix of ingredients, but the way we do them, the human connection that we create. Every time we do one is is just unique and people still love it and people still want it. So the third category of our menu is inspired by the martini itself, the troll martini troll itself and the whole experience. So um what do you go because like the inspiration bar counter yeah. is a bit generic. So how do you yeah, yeah. go about filling up that specific So basically the the category of the bar counter is called strata. Where strata is a Latin word that means layers, or layer or layers. I wasn't very good in Latin word. Uh, it was actually disgusting. That's why I'm bartending. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the drinks is part about the, the the bar, the this bar top stick, call it as you like. Are coming from either the fact that is a solid piece of the bar. So the the drink you find in that category, they might be. Uh, full body, well structured, spirit forward. At the same time, we use like the shape. So we have a drink that has got a strong round shape like the bar, or the color of it, or uh, the fact that it's probably the first thing you see. So there is a, a, a drink called Primo, that in Latin means first, and in Italian too. So we really take whatever is real or abstract of of that counter and 
and we create drinks. For the 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 other category, the one of the gates, for instance, uh, which is called Verve, we have a drink with all the ingredients which are behind the gates. So looking at the gate, you think, okay, what's behind and what's in the drink? So there is a fridge behind the, the gate that has got fortified wine, port, and red wine together with gin and Geneva right on the side. So in the drink, there are all these elements. Uh-huh. We want to play it in a way that the guests could really see what we say. Uh-huh. Could really, because as we all know, uh, working especially in hotel, our clientele is not mainly bartender, chef, restaurateur, or F&B people. We might have people that they don't have knowledge about ingredient techniques and all these things. So we want something that is very much recognizable for them while they are with us. That's very cool. So it sounds abstract, but in reality, probably it's one of the most concrete menus yeah. you can possibly get, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to us a little bit about the martini. It's an icon of yours at yeah. the stage. What are the ingredients that you guys use and how do you go about making them? So martini want to be something personal that change every time. Uh, the drink could, could definitely change every time as we always use different spirit and different garnish and different bitters but what always changes the experience that we give so we start asking our guests if they either prefer gin or vodka once we get the the brand uh, of their choice we move on to uh, if they prefer our uh, amalf organic amalfi lemon or our uh, sicilian olive after that we have a selection of five different bitters this bitter, we let them smell in order to recall emotions, recall memories, or create new emotion. Because we have five different bitters, which are um, coriander seeds, cardamom, lavender, um, ginseng and bergamot, and tonka beans. So you might be familiar with some ingredient that will recall memories. You might be not familiar at all with some others, so that will create curiosity, will create something. Oh, I, I never tried it, so let's... One new smell is, okay, let's try it in the martini. And that, the, the topic that we always have to engage conversation with our guest is the martini. But from that, we always try to make it bespoke. We always try to make it unique in terms of the way we, we talk to people, what we say, and... We do the, this ping-pong technique, you know, like you see they have shopping bags, so you ask about the, the shopping, you just ask maybe how they feel or why they're visiting or where they're from. And it's not something new in hospitality to connect with people, but as a bartender, you don't get to travel with the trolley around the room and speak to each and every guest. That's, I think, the main difference. Where you blend your technique, your knowledge, together with these hospitality skills, creating a conversation that is comfortable for both of us. We're not making a lesson, we're not making a masterclass. We just make this martini to make the guest feel the protagonist and to not make uh, him or her feel like they are attending a bartending lesson. Because I believe that when you talk too technically about cocktail, for instance, and your guest doesn't understand or doesn't know, feel uncomfortable, doesn't enjoy as much. So the conversation doesn't grow and is not is one side conversation. It's yeah. just, again, it's a lecture. It's a 
monologue. It's a class, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't flow, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when the guest, like, if you let a guest smell lavender bitter, uh, ah, no, lavender is, is a popular uh, and common flavor, so they, they might feel at home somehow. It might feel in, um, in a very uh, comfortable zone. Last two things, two, three things about the martini, you know, we're very much keen on to crystal clear ice. So we will be, that today is very popular, but probably 11 years ago wasn't, wasn't as much. Um, we use three vermouth, use um, martini extra dry, noeli flat dry and gancho bianco to have a different texture, a wider, um, let's say, set of, of uh, flavors. And this last, and there is something that's quite signature for us, is the way we pour. We pour from very high in order to, to get an aeration, to affect a bit the texture of the liquid and to blend the liquid with the bitter that we don't put in the mixing glass, but we put on the bottom of the glass. It's a, it's a very cool serve. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's probably the coolest serve around, right? Yeah. It's been on, around yeah. for 11 years and doesn't get any day older, right? Yeah. And... Um, when it comes to that specific uh, martini, do you have a difference in between uh, your target clientele for that, or does everyone drink it? Like it's more like a so, industry thing, or no, no, no. We have everyone wants to try the martini. Everyone, even sometimes I've been asked, which martini do you do? Bianco Rosso or Porno Star or Apple Martini? You know. <laughs> They just heard about it. A lot of people just heard about it and they want to experience it. Uh-huh. We had on the other side martini drinkers. And at the same time, of course, we have industry people that want to try it. So I really feel like martini is really us. It's really something that get everyone. And as Ago often says, we convert no martini drinker to martini drinker. And even... No Bloody Mary drinker to Bloody Mary drinker as our Bloody Mary. Is it still on the menu, the yeah, Bloody yeah. Mary? Yeah. Because that's 11 uh, years again. Yeah, that's another one of your uh, signature yeah. drinks, is it? Yeah. Uh, t- talk to us a little bit about uh, the Bloody Mary itself. Uh, Bloody Mary, especially in the first menu, being one of the first creative hotel bar, they, want, they didn't want to be so edgy or, you know, uh, create so weird flavor and combination. So they didn't want to change the DNA of the Bloody Mary. So all the ingredients that you find in regular Bloody Mary are there. It's just the way uh, you get them. So there is, there is vodka, lemon juice, tomato juice. We have a mix of spices, eight different uh, spices, sauces, and herbs. But probably the main two different are the fact that we don't serve it on ice and we don't serve it in an eyeball glass, but we serve in a sort of short cook without ice after we throw you know these days throwing is not new anymore i would say and instead of the regular celery stick we use celery and we create a celery air or foam that works as a filter between your mouth and and the juice so the bloody mary hit your palate in a fresher and lighter and more vegetable way but it's a very cool drink yeah so now that we talked about uh, the bar itself, uh, let's focus uh, for the last moments about you. Yeah. So you mentioned that you went into this specific like, war machine, which was the Connaught at the time, as a uh, barbeck. I'm assuming you had a lot of learning and studying to do. Wow. Uh, what tools did you use in order to achieve that? So 
I've been supported a lot by the team, by Ago, first of all. I believe that when you leave school, no one will teach you anything. No one will take you by your hands and show you the way. So it's, it's a lot of stealing and looking and and observing what's what's going on around you. What, what I was very lucky to get uh, were guidance. So Ago again show me Ago, some other managers and colleagues and Maura, for instance, with, who is my assistant manager, my assistant bar manager at Common Bar, but she's more like family almost for me. They all always put me on a direction and then trust me and let me do it. At the same time, uh, the hotel gave me a lot of opportunities in of training. I did a lot of training of many different things, not just bars. I did, uh, I don't know, presentation training. I did public speaking training, complaint handling, you know, challenge situation. So five-star uh, standards, so many different fields. I did wine training, I did spirit training. So I've probably been very lucky, but what gave me a lot was even my personal researches, such as reading books and websites and stuff, and traveling. Traveling really improves this job, I believe. Because while, while you travel, you see things, you get inspired, you meet people, you create connections, uh, really enrich you in a way that you are better in your job. And something else which is very important for me are the guests that we have. Working in such an international place, you meet people from all around the world and you learn from them every day. Just talking to them, nothing mm -hmm. crazy, no asking very complex questions or anything. Just spend time with the people that are coming to your bar. Yeah, no, I think I think traveling it's uh, nowadays it's so accessible for yeah. us and it's such an easy thing to do as a bartender because you find bartenders all over the world and as we mentioned before, yeah. it's such a close industry in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like the first time I traveled to Korea, I didn't know anyone there. Like I was just putting contact person yeah. to person. We were just doing some guest shifts there and the way that people hosted me, I was like, they, yeah. they, they, they felt like we've oh. been friends for 50 years, right? Yeah. Oh. Everywhere I go. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And yeah. that's why I love this industry. So what's the future plan for uh, the Connaught? Are you currently working on a new menu? You launched this one quite recently. No, we launched it last month. So yeah. we will start very soon. What we will do soon is open the new bar. Mm -hmm. There will be a new restaurant. We won't take care of it, but, you know, we'll be, we will be involved somehow and see a lounge and bakery shop. So that will take some of our time. And as you know, from now on is high season. So yeah, that that you know, like we tend to never stop. We ah, one year ago we launched our own gin. That was a very successful uh, project. We almost we 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 did uh, a thousand bottles. And we are almost at the end. So yeah. very very happy about. Who that. makes it for you? Giorgio Bargiani and Agostino Ferroni. Yeah, but like yeah. the distillery. Yeah, yeah, we make ourselves. And you bake to the bar. Uh, downstairs, you have a rotop up. We uh -huh. do a um, concentrated distillate and then we dilute it, and that's how we do the gin. We do everything bottle it, label it, seal it, package uh, We do the packaging and we sell it. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, there's no one making it for us. Do you sell it? Where do you sell it? Like, what channels do you use? Okay. 
on the, our website and we we said buy the bottle at the bar but we sell even in, in our drinks we made a few martinis i would say <laughs> the kind of bad gin uh, what's the volume like because you guys must go through a lot of gin. yeah so as i said we did a thousand bottle and now we have 200 something left so there must have been a lot of work eh? <sighs> labor of love we call it labor <laughs> of love uh, thank you very much for your time uh, i'll ask you a super last question please 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 uh what is it if you could choose your very last drink i ask this to everybody so okay I guess there must be, be a martini. There no? must be a martini. <laughs> you know? like, I, I give, I, I own a lot to this drink, so you know. He brought me here today, so. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Grazie, Michelone. Thank you very Thank much. You. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Giorgio. We are Unjigged underscore Media on Instagram, and you can follow our personal accounts at mmariotti89 for Michele, Alex J. Murphy for myself, and Adrian Bessa for Adrian. Thank you for listening. <laughs>